Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Sunday, February 10th, 2019, and this is Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio, video coverage of your Boston Celtics. Evan Valenti once again filling in for Adam Kaufman, episode 301 featuring stadiums and CLNS's very own Jeff Goodman. It's brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Get a 50% bonus on your deposit by going to clnsmedia.com slash win or entering the promo code CLNS50. Today's show is also brought to you by Mint Mobile. Get your wireless plan and new SIM card shipped to you for free for just 15 bucks by going to mintmobile.com slash podcast. And today's show is finally brought to you by Robinhood. Robinhood is giving you a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint when you sign up at celtics.robinhood.com. Welcome inside another edition of Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media. Evan Valenti again, pinch hitting for Adam Kaufman. Um, he'll be back next week. Just a couple other things he's got to clear up, but he'll be back next week, I promise. Just filling in once again. Uh, before I get to our guest here today, just again, a quick reminder, subscribe to this show on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us along at clnsmedia.com and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, CLNS Media on YouTube. Uh, there's like 20,000 of you that subscribe to us. It's absolutely insane. I love the fact that we have so many people. Keep telling everybody we keep, you know, putting out serious content. Whether it's the Garden Report or B-Ball Break, there are all these great podcasts that we have. We're actually joined by another guy that's actually on a podcast network, and I produce his podcast. It's actually interesting for me because the shoe is on the other foot for once. I'm interviewing my man Jeff Goodman, who hosts Good and Plenty on the CLNS uh, Media Network. Jeff, how's it been? Life as a podcaster. Uh, well, you you kind of taught me the ropes, so yeah, you know, without you, I'd be screwed. I, I feel pretty <laughs> good that I'm 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 surviving. I've made it since I think what we we started it right before the NBA draft, and uh, so I've made it. I don't know, was it seven eight months, and haven't been fired yet. So yeah, we were up late that night though, the NBA draft night. When did we start yeah, that pod? We were up super late. Yeah, it was after the pod. I mean, after the draft kind of ended, probably started at midnight. And I remember we did that one. Remember, I just torn my knee. Yeah. So I remember being, I was I was on crutches, sitting on the couch, couldn't move, trying to figure out how to position the mic so I could do it and still do the pot okay. It was a mess. I, Dude, I, I give you so much credit for that. I've done shows like Alling before, but the inability to basically move. Has been something I haven't, I haven't had to do that. I did a, I did a couple of shows in college, and I had like I had bronchitis, 
And I was just like grossly coughing into the microphone, trying to do uh, lacrosse post game shows. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, folks, just before we even get going here, I am very sick. But there's literally nobody on campus right now, and I got to be the guy that does the show. So when you call in and, and want to roast me, just like yep. please, take it easy on me, okay? Uh, I, we've had we've had so much fun with that, and I got I just just to, to tell the, the listeners out there, we've had so much fun with this. My favorite one that you've done. By far, and I've told you, I told you this then, uh, I still to this day still think your pod with Gilbert Arenas was the most entertaining hour and 20 minutes, like maybe of my life. It was so great. And like getting that interview set up in the first place was like moving mountains because he can't receive phone calls. You know, <laughs> we had to call you like his trainer's him, phone. You're like, yeah, you're like, I, he won't answer. And I'm texting him at the time. I'm like, Gilbert, pick up the phone. And finally, I don't know if he texted back. He's like, I don't receive phone calls. And I'm like, you dumbass. Like, didn't you think of like telling me that in the first place that you don't receive phone calls? So like, how are we going to figure this thing out? So you're right. We I got, tried to like make it so he called us and then I, I patched you yeah. in and we couldn't even do that. Like it was a nightmare getting that thing set up. And I wanted to, I was freaking out because like, I, I was like, I want Gilbert, like Gilbert Renus is one of like the few so guys that has no filter. You know, and I'm getting him on the pod would be I mean, just amazing. Great. And we just shot the shit. I mean, that's the that's the thing I think I've learned with with podcasting is you have to have that balance, right? Of like shooting the shit, getting a guy to loosen up, and then on the flip side, then being able to inform and ask some serious questions, maybe some tough ones, and balance it. I I think that's the way you got to go as a. I, I just can't listen to a straight podcast. I can't listen to one that's 100% serious. Maybe it's because I'm immature. I, I yeah, don't know. But I need both. I need to be entertained, and I need to be informed. And you can alternate with me, but I, I need a little bit of both. I need to laugh and, and learn. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's got to be educational, but it's also got to be entertaining. You know what I mean? If you find that delicate balance somewhere, then that's that's where you're making the magic there. Um, now, you, you know – Admittedly, you know, you, you dabble in, I think, three levels of, of basketball, right? You're, you're plugged into the AAU circuit, right? You get in on these guys at the ground floor. You know, college, you're all over the place. You're traveling everywhere for college stuff. And then every once in a while, you sprinkle in a little NBA, you know, every once in a while when, you, when it's convenient, maybe. Do I have that right? Um, no, I mean, listen, like, I'll work my travel schedule around good Celtics home games. So, like, I, I made sure I was here for Golden State. I made sure I was here for the Lakers. Um, you know, certain games I will make sure I'm here for. Uh, so, I've probably been to a half dozen Celtics games this year, which is actually down. Last year, I was probably at this time of year, maybe 10. So, I'll try to get – and then I'll do – once once college hoop ends, once the Final Four ends, I'll go full bore into, into NBA and NBA playoffs. And, um, you know, the advantage I have – is honestly, I can walk in a locker room and get information other guys can't from players because I've known them since they were 15 years old. So I can just go up to a guy, you know, like KD when they were in town and just talk to him for, for 10 or 15 minutes uh, in the locker room when other people may not feel as comfortable to be able to do that. And, I, you know, like yesterday at shoot-around, I just went up and started talking to LeBron about his son, who I happened to see play an AU ball in Vegas in, in July and also just talking to him about Zion for like 10 minutes. And again, you kind of got to know what to hit him with 
Because if you hit them with something hard right out of the gates, they're going to be like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this stuff. Like, once you get them going about a topic that maybe other people aren't asking about, that they can be loose about, they're, they're just so much more at ease. And then if you want to, to hit them on a real topic, they'll give you a better answer. Yeah. And you were there. You were there. So we're full disclosure, recording this on a Friday. It's coming out Sunday. You were at Celtics Lakers last night. And, and, and I got to tell you, is it any more, like, perfectly written that – out of all people on the Lakers bench, Rajon Rondo, former Boston Celtic, is the guy that kills kills Boston. You were watching the game last night. You take away from a couple of things, at least in the Boston. And I'm looking at that game. I'm looking at you know rebounding wise, they out rebounded LA, but it didn't feel like it. Effort wise, defensively, I think they came in and out of it. And you know, a couple of bounce balls that go go differently, and all of a sudden it's a different game. But I, I think I was surprised with how resilient the Lakers were. But on the on the other end, like Boston was in a real funk last night. What did you see last night? Well, I saw a Boston team that didn't guard. Number one, I mean, they just they, they didn't guard, and and especially in that third quarter, giving up forty two points. Now the Lakers made shots. They're typically not a good perimeter shooting team, but when you get so many uncontested looks, you're going to be a decent you're going to make some. And, you know, I thought this Lakers team was playing with kind of a free mind. A lot of those young kids who had thought they were going to be traded or, you know, certainly thought there was a chance they could be traded. You know, Kyle Kuzma was, was playing much better. Um, you know, he looked healthier. Um, you know, and LeBron, listen, when you lose by 40 to Indiana, it's a joke. I mean, you, you, you know, you get embarrassed. Usually teams come back from that. Professional players – usually come back from that. Um, but, you know, Celtics are still not the team we thought they were going to be. They're not. I mean, whether it's Gordon Hayward's injury, uh, whether it's that they're just not meshing together, whether it's that, you know, Kyrie didn't play great, obviously, against the Lakers. Um, I still think Kyrie's got to be more point guard than scoring guard with this team, with this team right now. Now, he can, in the playoffs, he wants to, he can turn it back on. But I feel like, his number one responsibility for this team right now is you've got a lot of mouths to feed, feed them, like work on that and pick your spots offensively. And the more you feed them and the better they are, the easier it's going to be for you that you're not going to have to deal with, you know, with guys trapping guys doubling uh, and getting as much attention because if Gordon Hayward gets back closer to what Gordon Hayward was, they're going to have to pay attention to him right now. A lot of times they just leave him wide open. Right, Gordon's been a, a tough one. We'll maybe we'll touch on him in a little bit, but like yeah. in that Kyrie point, you know, Kyrie has done a good job. I think the best job he's ever done in his career at being more of a facilitator and using his speed, his dribble to kind of probe into the middle of the defense and like kick out of that and find open shooters. I think he's done a good job at that. But the problem is for yeah. Boston has been consistency. I mean, they've had a couple different starting lineups where they have different guys in there. They've inserted Marcus Smart into that, uh, you know, the shooting guard or just other guard role. They put Marcus Morris in there. They've had a more consistent output with that unit, and I think there's been some cohesion there. Just the bench has been such a mess sometimes. I mean, you get a good night from Terry Rozier uh, Thursday night, su- a surprisingly good one where he shot really well. It's fe- it feels like forever last time Rozier had a really complete game on both ends. Jalen Brown gave you a great game. Hayward wasn't aggressive. Tice gave you an insane game off the bench. He was like, what, 9 for 11 on Thursday night against the Lakers? It was crazy. But their consistency is what's really plagued this team all year long, Jeff. And you talk about the defense. 
defensively, you know, back in the in not the old days, but in the earlier days of Brad Stevens, they would be inconsistent offensively, but the effort would be there, right? You'd see this team, you know, jump all over the place to try and get loose balls, and even though they'd be undersized, they try to play for every rebound, they still get killed in that area. Um, but they're, the, the, at least the effort level defensively would be the one thing they would they hang their hat on. Thursday night, I was just a little mortified over how easy, you know, LeBron could basically pick his mismatch and find open guys all over the place. It was a little, you know, foreign to, to guys who have been watching the Celtics for, for a couple of years now. And the one thing, the one big concern I have for this team is, like, do, are, do we still have defined roles amongst everybody still? I, I mean, at, at what point, Jeff, do we take, you know, Hayward, who was, Again, they're trying to work him back, and I know it's it's going to take it's going to be a process. But at what point do we like, for example, take some of his minutes and give him to Jalen Brown, or take some of Rozier's minutes and give more to Smart and more to Kyrie? Like, at what point do we do that? Well, I think Brad Stevens is trying to handle this one um, sensitively as much as he can, obviously because of his relationship with Gordon and the hope that if you if you take away minutes from Gordon, how is he going to get better? You know, and, and understanding that. The only chance they have to make a deep, deep run this year and challenge Golden State, which is really what you want to do, right? You want to get to the Eastern Conference final, uh, you know, win the Eastern Conference, and then make it a series against Golden State. Maybe if an injury happened, you'd, you'd really make it a series. And the only way to do that is to get Gordon closer to what he was. And Brad doesn't know if that's going to happen. Gordon doesn't know if that's going to happen. We, none of us know how far he will come. But the most difficult part for Gordon right now is, He's not getting consistent reps as far as scoring the ball. In Utah, it was his team. So he was taking 15, 20 shots a night. Here, there's some nights where he takes five, six, seven shots. How do you get into a groove? How do you get your confidence back? You know, you're not getting into a rhythm. So I don't think I take away his minutes. I don't because of that. Because the bottom line is, without Gordon Hayward, maybe, maybe you can win the East. Maybe. And and my, my gut feeling is you probably don't win the East unless Gordon gets closer to what he was. And, you know, maybe now he – I mean, honestly, he looks like he's maybe 70%. And if he can get closer to – can he get to 80, 85? And then you got a guy who's, you know, at least a threat on both ends. Because right now – He's not a threat very often. He's just not, and it sucks to say it because uh, he's no bigger fan of Gordon Hayward as a guy than, than me. Um, but, yeah, right now it's just it's tough to play him, but on the flip side it's almost like you have to play him. Uh, like you said, is there a point this season when you say, all right, he's just not there? Yeah, it's probably playoffs. Probably playoffs where Brad Stevens says, all right, you know what? He hasn't come far enough. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll feel it out, and maybe some games he has it, and some games he doesn't, and you feel it out. And if he doesn't have it, that's when you give his minutes to Jalen Brown. Quick break to tell you today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Lots of good NBA action coming up this week to throw some money on. Okay, got a lot of good ones this week. Philly hosting the Celtics Tuesday night. All right, Trailblazers Thunder in Oklahoma City. That's on Monday night. A couple of those that you want to look out for, make some money on. Get online. Go to BetOnline.ag today to get on the action. BetOnline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred online sportsbook. Go to clnsmedia.com slash win to get a 50% bonus when you sign up or just use the promo code CLNS. 
50. Do not be left on the sidelines, okay? All this excitement's going on to the court, all right? You have pl- that, plus you have the virtual casino uh, on betline.ag to make some money on there, too. You have new faces on new teams around the NBA, Toronto, Milwaukee, making some big trades in the Eastern Conference. Plus, don't forget... I'm sure you can make some bets on All-Star Weekend as well. I mean, I'm not, not just the All-Star Game itself, but maybe, uh, maybe the dunk contest, three-point contest, who's going to win those. Get online to betonline.ag today. Make some money. Whatever you do, use betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit, or just go to clnsmedia.com slash win. Yeah, it's just kind of a, a balancing act for you for, for Stevens and, you know, again, we're all rooting for Gordon. Don't get me wrong. It's just at, at some point, like the results have to have to matter. And I think Jalen Brown's emergence, our reemergence, the past you know two months, where he went from shooting terribly to now like a forty percent from three point range shooter the past two months, and he's been more aggressive, you know, the free throw line, and looks more engaged on both ends of the floor. That's like once he starts finding his rhythm, like, and he's a young guy, he's, you know, twenty one, twenty two. He needs yep. he needs reps, and if you're you know trying to trade him for Anthony Davis as the centerpiece, you know he's got to look good. And at some point, you know if I, I don't know if, if it's if it's Danny or if it's Brad or if it's somebody that has to go like look like Gordon, it's gonna be a long process. It's okay, like don't get frustrated. We're gonna need you. And I, like the one way I think you can get Gordon to stay involved is that guy's vision is still at an all time and a very very high level. Okay, he still can manu- uh, move the ball and, and facilitate a little bit. I mean, I, like. You know, driving into the middle of the lane and trying to figure out from there, maybe not so much, but he's a ball mover. He's a, he can initiate the offense at least and, and at least get him involved in that aspect. Maybe not take a bunch of shots, but you know, at some point. But how, ha- how much is there of, of that, Evan, when you've got Kyrie dominating the ball? That's the right. problem too. And in, in Utah, you saw more of it because he had the ball in his hand so much more. Now, how often does he get the ball? You know, like right. that, that's part of the problem with this team right now. Everybody's trying to figure out. That, that aspect of it when Kyrie's in the floor last year, you know, Jason Tatum gets the ball. He can dance with it a little bit more. Now he gets it. I think he's thinking also, I may not get it back again. So he's taking, you know, he's taking some shots he might not have taken. Uh, Jalen Brown, has, all the guys have done a good job as far as not publicly like complaining or anything like that. But again, like I've talked to Terry Rozier after games numerous times this year, and it's an adjustment for him. You know, he, he could say he was prepared for this all he wants. There's a difference between saying it and then living it. And and he knew it changed for him so quickly last year, like not this, a little bit later in the year. But remember, like all of a sudden, Tyree gets hurt and it was Terry Rozier's show and everybody's talking about Rozier in the playoffs and he's on, you know, they bring him into the studio in Bristol. He's on every show. And now he goes to kind of a forgotten man. And that's hard to deal with. Yeah, I get that. In terms of Kyrie, you know, there's been a lot of news around Kyrie Irving and what he may or might not do next summer. And it's been a lot of just, you know, a, a lot of people asking him the same question over and over again. And I can see why he'd be frustrated by that at this point. It seems like it's bothering Kevin Durant, too. It's not like it's a exclusively yeah. a Kyrie Irving thing. And every, everybody you talk to that's involved, you know, in covering the NBA at any level says, you know, yeah, Kyrie's a weird guy. He's a different guy. Um, so nobody has any idea or any inkling of where he might go. But, I mean, Danny came out Friday and was like, look, this is more like an engagement, right? Kyrie came out and said, this is what I want to do, you know, before the season, for all the season ticket holders, he said, yeah, I want to, if you guys will have me, I want to sign here next year to try to get out of the way, right? 
and that wasn't a story for a while. But then all of a sudden it was a story again, right? And then he, he has all these reporters in New York City after the Knicks trade Porzingis to basically open up cap space to signal that the Knicks are trying to be free agent players next offseason or this upcoming offseason. And all of a sudden he has to face those questions again, and he's a little bit more crass about it. Like, as a journalist at some point, like, I understand if you have to get that money quote, right? But the, I, what I think is happening here with with Kyrie especially, and I'm not sure if Durant, I don't, you know, I don't follow the Warriors that closely, but I know with Kyrie it's like, okay, I've already answered this question. I, I thought I gave you guys what you wanted, but now you're asking this again. The whole Ask Me on July 1st thing, people I think took out of context and, and are trying to use it in a different way to like make Kyrie look like a bad guy or something like that. I feel like there's a lot of, especially the past two weeks, Jeff, a lot of media manipulation a little bit and a lot of that has to do with certain guys in certain you know parts of the the media landscape whether at espn or whatever i think Kyrie's just sick and tired of having to answer this question and meanwhile he's trying to lead a team like you talked about rosier having a tough time adjusting to his role you know jalen brown adjusting to his role right how these guys have taken less to try and become more of this team they're having a hard time doing it Kyrie's got to deal with all that as a leader of the locker room. He's a guy that has to go in there and try and tell these guys, here's what happens. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to focus on. Meanwhile, he has to put out all these other fires. I can see why Kyrie is frustrated. But then again, like, you know, people are always going to be asking this stuff no matter where he goes, whether he is next year or whatever. He's going to just deal with all this baggage. And I thought last night maybe it showed a little bit when, when the Lakers are taking on the Celtics. What's your, your gut feeling on Kyrie Irving, what he might be thinking in terms of this offseason? Well, first of all, they, they all get frustrated with the media now, okay, because news isn't news like it used to be. Now, anything they say can be made into news. Like, you know, when I've, I've been working, you know, I worked for the ESPN for the last five years, and even from when I started to when I left, I didn't even understand what, what qualified as news at the end because it could be anything. It could be, like, like something completely mundane that, like, even – Again, I was talking about Zion uh, to, to LeBron for 10 minutes, and I didn't have a tape recorder out because I was just kind of shooting the shit with him about him for the most part while everybody else was waiting. You know, they, they had already he had already done his full kind of session with the media, and he was just sitting down. And uh, if I wanted to, and I, I sent out one tweet about it, just overall. I didn't quote him. I just sent out, like, LeBron was 220, said he was 220 at the same stage that Zion is at right now his first year out of high school and, and Zion's 285 and uh, whatnot. So anything you want to turn into news these days, you can, and largely because of social media. And that's the difference with these guys, whether it's Kyrie, whether it's KD, whether it's LeBron saying he was asked a question yesterday, shoot around that people turned into something. It wasn't uh, that he was like, okay with where he's at right now. And like doesn't need to. I, I don't. I didn't remember the whole context because it didn't really make a lot of sense to me, and I didn't care about it. Um, but he said he was basically taken out of context in terms of a question that was asked and the answer he gave. So I think a lot of players aren't as trusting of the media these days, which I get because there's a lot more media people now that can just parachute in uh, and throw what they want out there, and, and they just want to get attention. Um, I also think. The other part of that is a lot of players feel like they can manipulate so many members of the media that when a when a media person then kind of writes the truth, they're 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 more thin skinned. So with Kyrie specifically, he is, as you said, a different dude. 
is. Um, you know, I don't have a great feel. Think about this. His agent only represents three players in the NBA. So you're not getting a lot, you know, like Rich Paul reps a ton of players. So there's more information out there. He can manipulate that. You know, he's trying to get Anthony Davis with LeBron and, and work in, you know, maybe trying to get some information about Kyrie and you start to think, well, you know, LeBron and Kyrie didn't see eye to eye in, in, in Cleveland. How much does that affect maybe Rich Paul trying to, de- you know, drop some info about Kyrie to try to screw this thing up. So, you, you know, Kyrie, again, only has, you know, his agent's got three people, Jason Tatum, Jonathan Isaac, and, and Kyrie. So I don't see a ton of, of that going on. Um, I just don't know with Kyrie. I don't think any of us know. I mean, Danny said what he said. Um, but I'm not sure he's 100% confident either. I, I think they're going to make a push for Anthony Davis, and I think they feel like if they can, and they don't have to give up Tatum, and you can give up just about anything else other than Kyrie and Tatum, uh, obviously you're, you're not going to be able to move Hayward and his salary right now the way he's playing. So if you, if, if you trade everything else, whoever it is, you can take Hortford, you can take Smart, uh, you can take Jalen Brown, you can take all the picks, and you go in – and Kyrie knows he's got himself, Anthony Davis, Tatum, and Hayward, and they kind of figure it out around that. How do you leave that? I think that's what the Celtics are thinking, at least. How do you leave that situation to maybe go to New York when you've got it set up that you can maybe contend, um, you know, certainly top four guys with Golden State? Yeah, I believe that, too. I think you just have – if you have – you know, Kyrie has the experience of the playoffs. He's, you know, a guy that's a really tough matchup one-on-one. Davis is a freak of nature. Tatum is a budding young star. I, I don't know if if the Seas can end up landing Davis without putting Tatum in the deal. Now, you know, Danny's going to go to the table and say, look, I don't have any confirmation from Anthony Davis that he's going to sign here long-term. I can't put Tatum on the table. I don't know if he'll get away with that, but yeah. I know that's what he's going to try. Um, Tatum is obviously a guy that you want to keep because he's – Unbelievable! How how much has he grown since you've seen him in in in, in high schools? I know you're out of all the people that I know, the guy that was earliest on the Jason Tatum train was Jeff Goodman, no question about it. I mean, your your like banner picture in your yeah. Twitter profile is you I interviewing know. Jason Tatum when he's at Duke, I think. I know, I know, and and you know, listen, I've seen him since his sophomore year of high school, and I've been raving about him ever since. So I'm like the the president of the Jason Tatum fan club, if there is one. Uh, in fact, we we just made a bet last night. He says that uh, Kansas uh, star Diedrich Lawson is going to be a lottery pick. Uh, so I bet him dinner that that would not be the case. And then to find out that he's got he's got a, a background with, with Diedrich Lawson. So I went up to him. I found that out. We bet on it about two weeks ago. I found that out in the interim. I went up to him. I said, man, you let your heart get in the way of a bet. I mean, that's just not smart betting. Um, we all do so it, though. He, we he all do Diedrich. it. I, we do. We do. And, you know, what? Uh, dinner for him. He's making a lot more money than yeah. I am, so he'll be just fine. <laughs> um, I, I've seen, I've seen major growth. He couldn't really shoot the three in high school, um, so that that's a major area that he's he's really grown is is a perimeter shot. Like as a rookie, nobody in hell thought he was going to shoot as well as he did from three. Now again, if you remember the first half of last year, they just stuck him in the corner. That was his role till like this time last year he was just stuck in the corner for the most part and early on there were uncontested threes because the book on him was that he wasn't really much of a of a perimeter threat from three uh he made them 
And then his role completely changed when Kyrie went down. And people could see what he could do, jab step, uh, fade away, just the length, the way he, he's just a professional scorer. I've always said that. He is a professional scorer. He's a better defender than I gave him credit for. Still not a, a great defender, but can be a really good defender if he wants to be. And the area I still feel like Jason Tatum, and again, I think it's hard with Kyrie. I think he's a much better facilitator than everybody gives him credit for. I think he can be like a point forward type if he wanted to be. But as a rookie, it was we need you to score, score, score. And now it's, again, Kyrie's got the ball in his hands a lot. But I still think Tatum can do a lot of damage because he gets so much attention now driving to the hoop um, that I, I think his court vision is much better. His passing ability is much better. As the game slows down, I think he will become a, a, a better pass. I, and I said it. I said it before. I think he ever played a game at, with the Celtics. I said uh, he's going to have a better NBA career than Paul Pierce. And everybody laughed at me. Everybody thought I was out of my mind. And, and still do. I think a lot of people probably still do because it's not like his numbers um, are insane this season. What's he averaging? 15, 16? Yeah, something like 16, 17, yeah. Here's here's the difference. For me, the difference is he's got a chance, and obviously a lot of this depends on Danny Ainge, he's got a chance to play on a team that is way better, that could win multiple titles if they kind of stay together and figure this thing out. He's averaging – yeah, 16 and a half points, um, six rebounds in, in year two, which is pretty impressive. Again, um, you know, shooting the ball not as well from three as he did a year ago. Uh, but, I, again, I just think there's still so much room to grow. Paul Pierce's second year, here's the difference. Paul Pierce's second year, he averaged almost 20 a game. He averaged 19 and a half a game, five and a half rebounds, only shot 34% from three. Um, but it was on a pretty crappy. Yeah, like who, who was who was the who was around him at that remember. point? You know, on those teams, like I, it, Paul Pierce didn't have like anybody named like Kyrie Irving or Al Horford or or anybody like that, or or a guy yeah. like Marcus Morris. Who you know, I love Mark. I love Marcus Morris. It was Antoine Walker. I mean, that second year was like Antoine Walker and Kenny Anderson and Adrian Griffin. I mean, it was a it was a bad team. Kenny Anderson, front of the program, team. by the I way. Mean, we had we had Kenny Anderson on earlier this year. He was fantastic. I heard he's really isn't he coaching or something? Yeah, he is coaching. I forget what where he is. Uh, right? He's coaching now, but he is coaching Full now. Level. He's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what did yeah, you make have, of all this? We should Anthony? have him on our pod. We should. We absolutely. We should definitely have him on our pod. We'd ha- you'd have a good time with him. The big in big wireless provider stands for a lot of things: big contracts, big bills, and big fees. What Big Wireless doesn't want you to know is there's a way to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Introducing Mint Mobile, the game-changing company that's taken everything wrong with Big Wireless and made it right. Mint Mobile makes it so easy to cut your bill down to just 15 bucks a month. You can even keep your old number along with all your existing contacts with any Mint Mobile plan. There's no more paying for unlimited data that you'll never use. And if you're not 100% satisfied... Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, plus free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card, go to mintmobile.com slash podcast. That's mintmobile.com slash podcast. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month 
and get free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card at mintmobile.com slash podcast. What did you make of all the Anthony Davis stuff that was going on? I texted you during the week, and I was you know, my only critique was it was painfully obvious who Clutch has under their umbrella in terms of like media yeah, guys yeah. they leak stuff to because it none of the whole Laker package didn't make any sense. Like, why would the Pelicans take that right now when they could obviously just get that in July? You know what I mean? Like, do you want Anthony Davis or not? If you don't want Anthony Davis, then fine. Don't make this offer in July. But if you do, like, you're going to have to make this again because Boston needs to be involved. I just thought it was funny how Clutch tried to, like, strong arm the Pelicans and Dell oh, yeah. Demps through the media. And it just, for me, didn't work. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, I mean, listen, they. Rich Paul tried all he could to get this thing done, obviously. Um, you know, the Anthony Davis dad tweet was, was kind of funny. I mean, I, I was actually at the Harvard-Yale game, and I was talking – I was looking at Danny Ainge and Austin Ainge. They were there watching this kid from Yale who's, you know, probably a G League player at the end of the day. Um, while all this thing – you know, it, it, while Anthony Davis's dad uh, tweeted that out and gave it the quote to Ramona Shelbourne, I don't know how it got out there, but um, I'm thinking to myself, like, come on, like, like, look at what Isaiah Thomas has done since that trade. Like, like everybody in the world would have done that trade, Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. Like, everybody. Like, nobody in their right mind wouldn't have done that trade. Now, again, you can say what you want. Yes, Isaiah gave everything he, he, he had. He played hurt. He played after the death of his sister. He gutted it out. He did all that. I give him a ton of credit for it. But ultimately, it's a business. And if you can get a better player, an elite player, like Isaiah Thomas, even if he's healthy, the Celtics ceiling was where they got. They weren't going any further with Isaiah Thomas as your number one player. And the problem is, if he wasn't your number one player, he's not nearly as effective. He needs the ball in his hands all the time to do what he did. And unfortunately, if he's doing all that, the other guys are kind of standing around. They just are. So, um, yeah, ultimately, I, I just think it's better business sense. And New Orleans' owner, from what I hear, is not going to be strong-armed. He is not. He, he's a guy who, who's got some shit to him who is not going to be strong-armed into doing something. In fact, he'd probably go the other way and say, the hell with it. If the offers are close, I'm not taking care of the Lakers after what they try to do to us here. Right. I just think it was it's just a rough business place to be in. And I'm like I know the the Bensons are working with you know, they have, they have the Saints to run and they're probably still mad about that non call in the NFC championship game, but you know, this is a very important decision and if you're gonna trade the either the best franchise player in your history or the second best, you know, player in your franchise history after Chris yeah. Paul, like you need to make sure that you get all the offers in and like why would you make that deal before you saw the draft lottery anyway? What if anybody what if the Knicks said, Yeah, we'll give you Zion for Anthony Davis? Right? right? Wouldn't you want to have right. that no, discussion? No, you can't. Stupid. Yeah. So it's I thought stupid. it was. And, and again, you're, you're, you're going to get the same thing at the end of the year. So why are you going to help? You're going to help LeBron James when you feel like they just tampered with Anthony Davis. You're going to help LeBron James get Anthony Davis for another year? No. Not you, no like, way. There's no way you would do it. It made no sense uh, for New Orleans to, to do that trade. Now, again, when we're going to look at it at the end of the season, um, it's going to be a little bit different now because it's going to be, all right, which offer is better? You know, if the Celtics don't throw in Tatum, right? If the Celtics don't throw in Tatum, 
which offer which offers better. Obviously, the Celtics picks are much better than the Lakers picks. But do you love Lonzo Ball? Do you love Kyle Kuzma? Do you like Kuzma more than Jalen Brown? And again, what else, you know, Marcus Smart. You know, what else are you throwing in there? If it's you know Lonzo Ball and Kuzma compared to Jalen Brown and, and, and Marcus Smart, they may they may like Kuzma. They may love one of those guys. I, I, you know, I'm a big Marcus Smart defender, have been for a long time. Now that, now that he's shooting 37% from three, I can rub that on people's faces. One more break to take. This show is brought to you by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to 10 bucks for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you trade stocks and you keep all of your profits, all the money back in your pocket. Plus, no account minimum deposit needed to get started so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes in, uh, investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy to understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. It's that simple. You can also view stock collections such as the 100 most popular or any category you're looking for to have it sorted all for you with Robin. And with Robin, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood's giving listeners of Celtics Beat this podcast a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up today at Celtics.Robinhood.com. That's Celtics.Robinhood.com. Give me a, just a quick, who's who's cutting down the nets in, in early April here? Who do you got winning the whole thing? Uh, for college? Yeah. I would say I still – well, Gonzaga's got this kid, Killian Tilly, who's hurt again. I, I really like Gonzaga if this kid, Tilly, gets – he missed the first two months of the year. He's kind of a fringe first-round pick if he's healthy. Uh, shoots 45% from three, 6'10", skilled, but he's hurt again. So I, I'm kind of falling off that Gonzaga bandwagon a little bit here. I picked Kentucky to win it all before the season. They lost by 100 the first game to Duke. And I kind of said to myself, what the hell am I doing? Um, but I still think, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm, I'm back and forth on it. You can tell I'm back and forth. I, I don't think I'll pick Duke. Yeah, yeah I can I tell you're laboring over Duke. it, though. I'm totally laboring over it. I want Virginia. Like, I'm thinking Virginia. I'm thinking Gonzaga one day. I'm thinking Kentucky another day. Um, those are my three in, in, in Kentucky. And in, in Duke is final four picks, I think, today. Um, if Tilly, if Killing Tilly's healthy, I'll I'll pick and Jagger to win it all. There's something about Jay Wright in in March. I don't know what it is. He just seems to get. It's like well, it's like Izzo yeah. too. You know, they just get those guys playing really well at that time of year. Um, I don't know. I Duke's so loaded with talent and Zion's unbelievable. But there's something about this this reclamation story here for Tony Bennett in Virginia, after being the first one to ever follow a 16. To have some sort of reclamation here at the, in the, this year would be really awesome. Uh, I just before I do go, I I, do gotta, I just got to thank you for showing my orange some love preseason. It's been a tough year, man. It's been really rough. It's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of inconsistent offensive performances. Uh, Bayheim has you know ridiculed the team to no end in the, in, in the public and has you know probably up in certain ways. But man, they've been the most frustrating team of all time. But I do appreciate giving some love beginning 
in the part of the part of the season. I think you picked us for a Final Four, didn't you? And you would say, you know, Cuse is going to be at some point. Yeah, I, I think I said like top fifteen and maybe Final Four. I'm not on that wagon anymore. The point guard situation isn't good enough. No. Um, Tyus Battle hasn't been as good as I thought he would be. I thought he would be way better than he is right now. Yeah, he's just not a great shooter. So he, he needs a good point guard alongside him. Frank Howard was hurt. And even now that he's healthy, Frank Howard's, Frank Howard's good. not great. Really good backup point guard. Really yeah. good for Syracuse. But yeah, but Buddy Beheim, baby. Buddy, Buddy's got yeah. a real, real nice. It reminds me of Andy Routens a little bit, a guy that could really just shoot the basketball like that. Did you see, I asked Jim when he was at BC about a week and a half ago, I said, how is it coaching your son? And they're like, it, didn't right. they? they both admit it. He said that. He goes, he goes I hate it. Yeah. I, I hate it. it I'm sucks. like, what do you mean you hate it? He's like, I just, you know, he's not our best player. I'm on the bench. I'm thinking as a coach. Now I'm thinking as a dad. I think it's, I don't think Jim, I don't think Jim can process both at once. Coach and, you know, coach and father. Uh, and deal with Buddy, and, and again, Buddy started off slow. He's been much better lately, um, and it's not like you know. Again, like Doug McDermott was Greg McDermott's best player, Creighton easily. Right. So there was no, there was no question of what well, should he play, shouldn't he play. Now you got Buddy telling me, you know, he's going on social media, and he's seeing how people are tweeting at him. You know, you shouldn't play. You shouldn't be playing at all. You certainly shouldn't be playing the minutes you're playing. Right. You're only on the team because you had all these things. Right. I remember I, when I when I was covering the team back in you know 08 to 2012. Buddy would be at press conferences after the game and and would every once in a while uh, either lob him a question or or he would go or they no would way. ask Buddy like his input on it. I remember a friend uh, uh, a colleague yeah. of mine. Asked uh, Beheim uh, a, a pretty dumb question, and Beheim like ripped him a new one, and then ripped him again by having Buddy embarrass him. He was like, "Hey, Buddy, what do you think about that question?" And it, and Buddy was like, "Oh, you know, this is what it's really supposed to be." And he goes, "Yeah, even Buddy thinks that was a dumb question, so way to go." And I was like, "Wow, <laughs> it was awesome, though. It was That's great." Awesome. That's Jeff Good. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. Jeff Goodman. You can hear him on our own podcast network, Good and Plenty, every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, we've mixed, it was supposed to be NBA in college, you know, one on the NBA one. We've mixed it all together. It's just basketball all the time, twice a week on the CLNS media network. You can listen to Jeff and actually see him on stadium. Okay. You can watch stadium doc or is it watch stadium.com or just at watch stadium for that Twitter handle, Jeff. Come on, you, you should know this. I'm I should know this at this point. Watch, I think uh, watchstadium.com. There we watch go. So watchstadium.com. Follow him at Goodman Hoots uh, on on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to his show. Subscribe to this show. Just subscribe to everything that CLNS does. We got you covered, Jeff. I appreciate it. Safe travels wherever you're headed next. We'll talk uh, probably uh, Sunday, Monday about what we're doing for Tuesday's show. Always, man. Always, man. Good to good to get on with you and, and, and reverse the roles. I know. I, I like reversing the roles. I think we might need to do that for my podcast one day. I'm ready. I'm ready, bro. I'll be ready. All right. And that will do it for this episode of Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media. Want to thank my guest Jeff Goodman, my man, uh, whose podcast I produce. Uh, check it out; it's Good and Plenty on the CLNS Media pod, uh, podcast network and on CLNSmedia.com. Good and Plenty drops every single Tuesday and Thursday. I love talking with Jeff. I talk with him every single week. It is a real, real treat for me. It should be a treat for you guys. Check out that Gilbert Arenas pod too. It's literally incredible. One of the best pieces of podcasting that come out. In quite some time. Make sure you subscribe to this show on clnsmedia.com or at least keep track of it there. Sign up uh, or sign in or subscribe. There we go. 
go. That's the word I'm looking for. To this podcast on iTunes and on Stitcher. Also, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel on YouTube. Uh, it's the CLS Media YouTube page. 20,000 of you have done so already. You guys are amazing. I can't believe it. Uh, I would, I believe Adam will be back next week, so stay tuned more from Adam. Big shout-outs to Jeff, to, to Larry, to Nick, to John, and again to Adam and to you guys out there. You guys are the greatest people of all time. We'll be back next week. Gino, get us out of here. Hey, sports fans, I'm Coach Nick of the B-Ball Breakdown podcast on the CLNS Media Network. I break down the NBA from a coach's perspective and have some of the best basketball minds join me weekly to discuss the latest NBA news and what's truly going on on the court. Subscribe to the B-Ball Breakdown podcast wherever you get your podcasts or find us on clnsmedia.com. It's a great conversation. You in?